I'll go get it. Hello, and welcome to our podcast, Digging Deep. I'm Roberta Walker. I'm solo today. Michael Glassman is tied up with clients, which uh, is par for the course at this time of year. It's sort of like spring in Northern California here. I and Michael, we've both been landscape designers for many years. I've been going on 23, 24 years as a landscape designer. And I want to talk a little bit about um, what inspired me to become a landscape designer. So I have a background in art. I used to teach art. I used to show art in galleries. And um, so I'm a very visual person. I love color. I love texture. Um, But it was a time in my life that I was raising my daughter, who is now raised and married and gone to another city. And um, I needed a job. And a friend of mine offered me a job at his nursery. So that was the beginning of my learning about plants. I had grown vegetables and herbs, but those are annuals for the most part. Landscape shrubs and perennials were completely different. I'd buy the occasional six-pack of flowers at the grocery store only to put them in and have them die (laughs) because I really didn't understand the difference between perennials and annuals. And again, this is many years ago. So as I worked and got to know the shrubs, at the same time, I started looking at garden magazines and books. And to me, they were like paintings. And I thought, how did they do that? How did they bring together all these elements that balanced and bloomed at the same time? It was just so amazing. And later, when I was able to travel more and go see public gardens, that's when it really, that's when the inspiration really, really sunk in. So back in 2000, I did a tour of England, just um, one part of England, East Sussex and around there. But I saw some fabulous gardens, fabulous. The Great Dixter, where Gertrude um, Jekyll, who was famous landscape designer who brought the perennial gardens to England, um, worked with Serge Lutyens as he was an architect for the cottage style. I went to um, Hever Castle, which is the home of Anne Boleyn. And later, um, the castle, uh, the grounds were transformed unbelievably into fabulous gardens. So going to see public gardens is, I think, one of the most inspiring things you could do and bring home to your garden. So Clearly, not everybody can get out and get to England or get to France and look at the fabulous gardens of Gironay and um, Versailles, but we have many public gardens right here in our backyard and also a few hours away and also across um, across the states if you're traveling. One thing I love to do is take in a new public garden every year. And a public garden means it's open to the public. Some charge, some do not charge. And the charge is generally minimal, and it helps to keep the the gardens running. In England, so many of the massive castles and estates have become national trust um, because the families over time, you know, they're – they just don't have the money to, to run the gardens and these castles. And we are talking about 50, 60, 100-room castles, uh, mostly with no heat, <laughs> no air conditioning, no nothing, but fabulous gardens. So 
I want to talk a little bit about some of the gardens close. I'm going to start close to us here in Sacramento, which is Northern California. And um, we have a few, and um, one of them very close by. Well, Sacramento is our California state capital, and surrounding the capital are the um, was the Botanical Garden and the McKinley Rose Gardens that are just kind of spread out from that center. And it's really beautiful, especially in another another couple months when the roses start blooming. It's really fabulous. But also to walk around the capital and see the amazing varieties of trees. That's that's a lovely thing to do. Also, we have the UC Davis Arboretum. And the Arboretum shows all kinds of native plants and ideas that you could bring home easily. They even have a native plant sale. I think it's once a year, maybe twice a year. Then a local place in Fair Oaks is their horticultural center. And now the horticultural center, I didn't feel was a place where you're going to see stunning gardens. But what you will see is native plants planted well. And they also offer classes in topiaries and other things. But it's, it's worth going to because anytime you can educate yourself on plants and planting in your area, it's just going to help you. You know, nurseries will sell things that are beautiful in bloom. But for here, you know, in Sacramento, when you see a beautiful hibiscus, the tropical variety in bloom, and you put it in the ground, well, we just came out of a cold snap. It, it would have died if it was outside. There are hibiscus that um, that do make it in our climate, but again, you need to know what's what. So, all right, going on. There is also, not very far from us, the Berkeley Botanical Garden. It is fabulous. There's a small fee, but it is absolutely gorgeous, and they have greenhouses, and it's from Sacramento. You're talking an hour and a half away, and it's a really nice thing to do. In fact, if you're leaving from Sacramento on your way there, you could stop at Annie's Annuals. If you've never heard of Annie's Annuals, go to annie'sannuals.com. Amazing. Now, these are annuals, which means, you know, they, they make it for a year, then they die. However, they throw seeds out. So, some of the annuals that I've purchased from them, like uh, Nicotiana, which is a form of tobacco. It is tobacco, but not the tobacco you smoke. There's different kinds of tobacco leaves. Um, I had them for years, and I still have my um, my black columbine. They put themselves all over the place. And for some plants, that's, you know, for some plants, I allow that. Others, I don't. But anyway, Annie, Annie's Annuals is on the way to Berkeley, and Berkeley has the uh, botanical garden um, above the university, and it's fabulous. And also, if you're heading that way, there's Golden Gate Park. Now, Golden Gate Park has a beautiful conservatory that's so worth, I mean, the whole park is gorgeous. But going through the conservatory is lovely. At the time of year in the summer, they have a dahlia garden, which is amazing, just amazing. And then they have the Japanese garden. And the Japanese garden in Golden Gate Park, you can go in and you do pay, but you can have tea there and be surrounded by just beautiful scenes and bridges and topiary junipers and Japanese maples. It's so beautiful. And I have to say that another Japanese garden that I think is like at the top of the list is the Portland Japanese garden, which is in Portland, Oregon. It is so beautiful. And you, you could see it in books and magazines. But right across the street, they have a rose garden as well, as well as a Shakespeare garden. So they created a garden based on many flowers and shrubs and varieties that um, Shakespeare wrote about in his plays. So 
gardening is magical and whimsical, but there are times where you just need inspiration. And so visiting these public gardens is, is a way to do that. Now, um, there's also the Sonoma Botanical Garden, which is on Sonoma Highway. So if you're going to go wine tasting or just taking a drive, consider checking that out. They all have websites, so Sonoma Botanical Garden. One of my favorite gardens, which is in Woodside, California, which is um, very close to Palo Alto and Stanford University, is Filoli Gardens. And I'm sure you've heard Michael and I talk about Filoli Gardens. It's um, F-I-L-O-L-I, Filoli Gardens. And the mansion is open. You could walk through it. It was the former home of um, the husband and wife that started PG&E. They got their money from Empire Mines, which is up in uh, Nevada City. And um, they created an English garden with rooms. And it is gorgeous. Wait another month you know, month, month and a half, and you'll see they, they plant hundreds of tulips, and then there's the knot gardens. I mean, it's absolutely gorgeous. And um, they have a little cafe there. You could bring your own lunch, and there's a, a peacock or two running around. And it's just beautiful. Filoli Gardens in Woodside, California. Do check it out. Okay, there's another um, garden that I just learned about called Heather Farm. It's six acres, and it's in Walnut Creek. And if you go to Heather Farms, well, just Heather Farms or HeatherFarmsGarden.com, you could take a virtual tour. You see, right in the midst of everything, unbeknownst to a lot of us, are acres of beautiful gardens, people that are so devoted. And another garden in Walnut Creek that I can't wait to go to is the, um, is the Ruth, oh, what's her last name? Oh, gosh, gosh, gosh. Uh, I have the book. I'm going to have to find it. Let's see. Bancroft. Ruth Bancroft Garden. This woman who, who passed away not too long ago, way into her 90s, created the entire garden. And most of it, not all of it, are huge cactus and succulents just done so beautifully. There are other gardens like that, the Huntington Hartford down in Los Angeles and and in the Berkeley Botanical Garden as well. But the Ruth Bancroft Garden, I just bought a hardbound book of the garden and I'm reading about the history of her and the garden and I can't wait to go visit. In fact, when we do visit, Michael and I, we will do a, um, a podcast from there. All right. If you like bonsais, there's a bonsai garden in Oakland. It's just by Lake Merritt, which is a beautiful walk around the lake in downtown Oakland. And then there, um, on the Mendocino coast, there's a botanical garden, which I, I went to and it's stunning. Not only is the garden beautifully planted, but it's right on the ocean. It's on the Mendocino coast. So these are day trips that you could take, or, you know, you can get an Airbnb and spend the night. But, um, so many people that have been trapped, um, that's in quotations, by the lack of ability to travel, either from COVID or now that it's being uh, instructions, restrictions are being lightened a little bit, there's also the financial aspect. I mean, wouldn't you love to go to England and Italy and France and look at the gardens? I would, but it's not so easy to get there, depending on your time and your budget. So consider the gardens close by. And on the Mendocino Coast, that's, you know, that's a long drive. It's six hours, but it's beautiful. So I would definitely stay there and, and just treat yourself to an overnight. There's the Hayward Japanese Gardens. 
And um, now this is another state, but the Denver Botanical Gardens to me is one of the, I think one of the finest public gardens I've been to. They hired landscape designers from all over the world to do sections of that garden. And it is magnificent. And they have classes and they have a huge conservatory of um, desert plants and then native plants. And then they have um, a restaurant. It's just, it's a wonderful thing to do. So when I am looking for inspiration, I mean, I see inspiration everywhere right? Because I see things blooming and I love the combinations and I make note of it. But when I go to public gardens, that's when people who really know what they're doing are putting these gardens together and it's free. It's free to use what you see. I I think there's a big difference between trades as far as trading what we do. So as gardeners, I found that people love to share. They love to share seeds. They love to share information. Um, and other times when I was much younger and thought I wanted to be in the fashion design business, um, that was people would guard their showrooms with rifles. They didn't want anyone knowing their secrets. They didn't want anyone stealing their ideas and so on and so forth, but not so with gardens and gardeners. You can watch the series of Monty Don. He just loves to tell everybody, show people the fab, the magnificent gardens, but also in his own garden, he loves to show you how to garden and what to do and how to compost and how to put together soil and how to plant seedlings and so forth. So public gardens are wonderful. And now we do have the ability to, to watch things like Monty Don and, and other gardening shows, but get out and actually go to one of these gardens, one of these public gardens. There, every city in the United States, or every state, has many public gardens. And all the way from here to the East Coast, you will find fabulous gardens. So I make it a point now, when I go somewhere, to go to a botanical garden in that area. I'll be going to Mexico in a couple months and they have a botanical garden in Puerto Vallarta. So I'm going to go to that so I could see what's growing and how it grows. I've been to Hawaiian botanical gardens, you know, totally different climate plants that for the most part, you cannot plant here. Okay. You, you could have them as indoor plants, but you can't, but still you could see how the colors mix together. And that's, what's so wonderful. And when you bring it home to your own garden, again, you can, put it in your garden. And then you could look it up on Google, the plant on Google. And um, does it work in your area? Look for the zone. But this is all about inspiration today with this podcast. And I told you that my inspiration came from looking at magazines and, and my background in art. You know, it's such a, it was such a curiosity. How do they put those together? How do they know what blooms at the same time? How do they know how tall one flower gets opposed to the other. What kind of shrubs do they use as backing that, that keep it evergreen and tidy? All of this I've learned over years, and I'm still learning. Remember, people and companies have been hybridizing plants, so you'll find new plants and new colors and um, new combinations. Take roses, for example. You know, roses are have been around since, oh gosh, you know, Roman, pre-Roman times. And um, but now the variety is like a hundredfold of what they had back then. And some are bred for color and some are bred for scent. So things change and you want to keep up with that.
So again, I'm just going to run through my list slowly. Filoli is one. Filoli in Woodside Garden, I'd say, is at the top of the chart if you live in California, in Northern California. The San Francisco Japanese Garden in Golden Gate Park. All of Golden Gate Park is worth a nice stroll. The Ruth Bancroft Garden in Walnut Creek. Fabulous. Locally, there's the UC Davis Arboretum. And downtown Sacramento, there's the McKinley Rose Garden and the Botanical Garden around the Capitol. And you can also take a tour of the Capitol. You have to make reservations, but they'll give you a tour of the inside. There's also Heather Farm in Walnut Creek. There's Sonoma Botanical Garden. I say Sonoma and wine tasting because to me they're synonymous. Bonsai Garden in Oakland by Lake Merritt. And um, there's another um, garden that I haven't heard about called Mary Watts Brown Garden of California. And she's in Davis, California, showing all native plants. So that's another one that I think we'll visit as well. Again, if you get to the coast, Mendocino Botanical Garden is wonderful. I loved it, and I love being by the ocean. You could spend as long as you want wandering around the gardens. And then there's the um, Hayward Japanese Garden. So those are the local gardens. But if you get a chance to go to Portland, Oregon, the Japanese Garden is fabulous. If you get a chance to go to Denver, fabulous. If you're in New York, the Botanical Gardens there are amazing. There's the Brooklyn Botanic Botanical Garden and the New York botanical garden and it will enrich your whole experience whatever you're going there for make time to visit their gardens not in the winter not back east <laughs> but in the spring and here too in the spring because then you're going to get the best of the best of the flower color so i hope this has been inspiring it sure inspired me and continues to inspire inspire me i love seeing beautiful combinations and i steal them i use them myself i love to see new plant combinations that I hadn't thought of. And I'm sure the gardeners that did that are proud to have it recognized. So I'm Roberta Walker, and this is Digging Deep. And we are here normally with Michael Glassman as well to pass on information, inspiration, enthusiasm, whatever we can do to get you gardening, taking your landscape that is so much a part of your indoors, but your outdoors. It could be transformed to outdoor living, rooms, sustainable, bringing forth fruits and vegetables, a serenity garden, a place to enjoy and entertain. We are here to inspire you to use all of your landscape and home. So thank you. Thank you for joining me today. We'll be back next week. And this is Digging Deep, and I'm Roberta Walker. <laughs>